0: Happy New Year, everybody. Will you say a prayer with me as we begin? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we commit this whole year to you, 2019. Uh, We know that you can anticipate what's coming, and we can't, though we trust you to guide us, help us stay in tune with what you care about and what you want us to focus on, Uh, bring healing into our lives where we need healing, God, bring your grace and your mercy Help us, as Stephanie said earlier, to see what you're up to and join in. We pray for the school, God, that we meet in every single week, that 2019 would be a great year, that the students would learn and grow, the teachers would feel supported and do a great job. Administration, God, would help create an environment where these children can learn. Uh, We're grateful. We're so grateful for your presence. We're grateful to be part of what you're doing. uh, And we ask that you guide us and help us in this new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to start out this morning by letting you in on a little secret. All right, little secret, and the secret is that I think. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. I think that not everyone keeps their New Year's resolutions. You, have any Have any of you discovered this? I'm, I'm. I have a hunch that people are not keeping their New Year's resolutions because I've been asking some people about the resolutions from 2018, and uh, maybe this is unfair, but some of them can't remember what the resolutions were in 2018, let alone, you know, whether or not they kept them or not. And so I wanna just, I mean, this is not a raise your hand poll, this is like an internal processing poll, okay? So don't raise your hand. But how many of you kept your resolutions from 2018? Okay, and then, How many of you gave up setting resolutions because you knew you weren't going to keep your resolutions from 2018? That's my camp. I decided a few years ago, this is not going well for me because every January, I either can't remember what my resolution was or I could tell you how I failed miserably by January 21st to go to the gym or whatever it was. And so it's easier if you just don't set them. Have you discovered that? Then you don't feel bad, and uh, you know you don't have to say, "Well, I didn't do my resolution from the year before." Okay, but I've got a I've got a fresh perspective on resolutions this year, and I want I want to share it with you. Okay, I think we need the resolutions. Only I don't think they should be called resolutions. Because resolutions is like I'm uh, I'm resolved, right? That's what the word means. Like I I have this great motivation and will to do something different with my life than I did before. But when you talk to people about it, they're like, yeah, I kinda wanna eat differently. I kinda wanna spend my money differently. I kinda want, like, no one's like, I can't wait to eat differently in 2019. There's no resolution like that. I think it's the wrong word. I think the word ought to be, we need to restart some stuff. We need restart In a whole bunch of areas of our lives instead of resolution why don't we see the opportunity of January of each year to be a season where we restart some things couldn't we all use a restart in one area of our life or another it seems to me that as the new year begins we could all use a fresh start now that might be you need a restart physically you need a restart spiritually you need a fresh start emotionally, you need a fresh start relationally, you need a fresh start financially, or all of the above. I could use a fresh start. And as Jenny said, instead of another year of us sort of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and trying really hard to do something that we're probably not going to do and not remember that we tried to do a year from now, what if we had a different perspective? What is it that God really wants for us as we have all these conversations about New Year and new opportunity and potentially a different way of living life. So think with me about this question this morning. What would a fresh start look like for you in your relationship with God? I got this quote on this app that Sharon, our family life director, introduced me to last year. It's called Parent Q, and it shoots you little reminders about uh, parenting throughout the week and throughout the month. And last week, it shot me this quote from, I think, a guy named James Sherman. I'll explain about that in a minute. But here's what the quote is. Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. Isn't that a great quote? So it turns out, like, that's one of the ones you put on Pinterest or you burn it on wood or you (laughs) hang it over whatever, like, so... And nobody really knows who said it, and this guy said it, and then Zig Ziglar said it, and anytime a guy with two Z's in his name said it, you gotta kinda question that. So who knows? It might have been some guy named James Sherman, it might not have been. Either way, I really like the content of the quote, which is yeah, you can't go back and change things that have happened in the past, right? But we're all sitting here, and we all have the same opportunity to use the present to determine or help determine a different sort of future and a brand new ending. And so I want to just start this new year by saying I think we could all use a fresh start in some area of our lives or another. And from the Christian perspective, receiving God's grace is a good place for a fresh start. Receiving God's grace is a good place for a fresh start. No matter where we have been in our relationship with God. No matter where you are currently as you sit here in your relationship with God, God's grace always offers us a fresh start. and I don't want to talk more about that this morning. So I've, I want to begin by saying that I think that God knows that we need continually fresh starts or restarts. I think God knows that. In fact, I have a hunch that it's built into who we are as human beings. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be having these resolution conversations when such a small percentage of the population is actually doing the resolution. There's something in us that calls out that wants to restart some stuff, right? That wants a fresh take on whatever it is that we're focused on in our lives. And so I think God designed us to live in rhythm that balances between rest and work and focus. And there's evidence and the Old Testament, all over the Old Testament, that God built us this way and wants us to live in a way that continually gives us opportunities for restart. So let me tell you a little bit about what I mean. In, uh, in Leviticus chapter 16, there's no better way to start a year of sermons than in the book of Leviticus, right? Thank you very much. Pastor Stephanie knows it's right. Leviticus chapter 16, all right? There's a description of an annual uh, ritual called Yom Kippur. And if you have any Jewish background or are familiar with the Jewish tradition, it's a practice that's ongoing. It's called the Day of Atonement. And so one day a year, uh, God instructed the people as they were entering into the new land to have the high priest make a sacrifice and say a prayer to help the people be forgiven for all of their sins for the past year. And they would pray over this one really sad goat And the goat would wander off into the wilderness. And that was like the the way in which the sin like left the community. I don't know how they picked the sad goat, but it was a bad day for that goat. And they would pray for the goat and they would, then the the people would receive forgiveness for their sins. The high priest would receive forgiveness for for the sins. And also in this practice, there's this idea that, hey, maybe we should try to not sin against God in the same way next year as we did this year. And God said, this is going to be a regular practice for you. At least once a year, come together, let the high priest pray for you, be forgiven for your sins, and take a fresh perspective on the new year. God, God built this same sort of rhythm into every week of our lives by giving us Sabbath, which we're regularly violating in the United States of America, right? But he says, look, take at least one day off a week and don't work. Restart yourself, rest. Let your body recuperate. Eat good food. Calm yourself down. Don't let work dominate your life. Take a day off. And then when you come out of rest into work, you have a a weekly restart, a weekly fresh perspective on what um, God is doing. And then there's this sort of amazing uh, kind of big picture restart that God builds into the life of the Jewish community. And I want to read that to you straight out of the text. It's called... Uh, The year of Jubilee. All right, so in Leviticus chapter 25, uh, it says, The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your unintended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, the hired worker, and the temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock, the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. So every seven years, the land gets a break. They get a break, the land gets a break. Everybody's taking a rest in order to have a natural rhythm of restarting. And then he goes on to say, count off seven Sabbath years, so seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. And then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month on the Day of Atonement, Sound the trumpet throughout your land, consecrate the 50th year, and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of Jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. All right, so let me let me explain this to you. I know we're deep in the weeds of Leviticus, but this is kind of amazing. God is saying, here's how you should structure your life so you get weekly restarts, so you get annual restarts, so you get uh, every seven years, the land gets a break and you do too, and every 50 years, you get an economic financial restart. Because you are going to need these regular rhythms of reconnecting with who you are, reconnecting with the people who are close to you, reconnecting with the God who has called you out and given you a covenant relationship. And you're going to need this pattern of restarting in order to be human, I think. And it's all through the Old Testament. So why did God create this rhythm of rest? And work for us. Well, it's good for the land to have a rest. We know that scientifically speaking, it's good for land to rest and not be farmed all the time. It's good for the people who are working to rest, I think, right? Nobody. Does anyone enjoy resting? Yes? Okay, good. It helps the Israelites trust God to provide for their needs by allowing things to grow, even though they're not working at it during those years. And it offers every generation an opportunity to thrive financially because whatever happened to their their clan, their family, the, the generation before, they know that on the 50th year, they get to go back to the land that God originally gave their family when they moved into the new land that God gave them and start over. Now that would throw the US economic system into total chaos, right? And Leviticus is full of all kinds of caveats, like you can't get a house back from the city that you sold. You can read through it if you want. There's all kinds of rules to try to help make it work. But the idea is, let's not let debt or bad circumstances or bad decisions from previous generations weigh down every other generation. Let's build in an economic restart to the life of the community. Isn't that incredible? Now, there's good evidence to say that they they didn't do this very well. They didn't practice it. They didn't always give the land back. Of course, there are all kinds of problems related to it. But you see the vision of what God has when he's trying to help them structure their lives. You need rest. You need work. You need opportunities to rethink what you're doing, to remember who you are, and to restart and refresh your life. I had a I have a mentor, Elizabeth, who's been mentoring me for 15 years. And there's this one really important conversation I don't remember, 10 years ago or something, where she was listening to me, and I don't remember, I was trying to tell her about what was going on in my life. And after like a very thoughtful pause, she said to me, why do you feel so free to break one of the 10 commandments, the one that says you should rest every seven days? Because I was talking about being overworked or trying to do school and work at the same time or something. And it just caught me short. Like, I didn't know how to respond. Because I was like, but I'm doing all these great things. You know, I'm trying to help a church and raise a family and go to school. Like, that's all good. And shouldn't you just feel bad for me at how overwhelmed I am? That would have been the proper mentor response. None of this challenging nonsense that you're bringing to me right now. I've remembered that conversation for a long time now. Because it is her highlighting in my life, like, God has an intended rhythm for your life and you've got to remember it and you you need periodic opportunities to remember that that's what life is supposed to be like and you need to restart and, and engage in a fresh start in your life. So I think God knows we need these chances to to restart and that um and that our fresh start in the New Testament we're told comes from Jesus and has some really unique um uh, characteristics to it. So I want to talk about how the fresh start comes from Jesus. And I want to read from for you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to use the message translation this morning, which was created by Eugene Peterson. And uh, a couple of months ago, we had a class on the Bible, and we talked about all the different translations and how Mill City usually uses the NIV translation, which is kind of a middle of the road between trying to stick exactly to the Greek words that are in the text and trying to uh, communicate the, the English in a way that we talk now. Uh, if those are two ends of the spectrum. The NIV is kind of right in the middle of trying to do both of those things. The message is way on the end of how do we use every person language to communicate what's being said in the original text. And we use some that are on the other end and we we try to use a, a number of different translations to help you engage scripture. So today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from the message sounds like this. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him, and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. And I love this line. Anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. The fresh start begins with receiving the grace that God is offering to us in Jesus. A fresh start doesn't begin with just a resolution to try harder to be a better person in any area of your life. It starts with the recognition that we deeply need God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, God's healing in order to experience a fresh start. I want to highlight four things from this text that I think help us understand what does this fresh start really look like as we we focus on God's grace, all right? The first thing is, a fresh start begins by deciding, he says, a clear decision to center our lives on what Jesus has done for us. There are lots of ways to order your life. There are lots of ways to make meaning in your life. There are lots of ways to define success in your life for 2019. What Paul's saying here is, we start with this firm decision, this centering decision. And the centering decision is that what Jesus has done for us defines all of the rest of life. What Jesus says is most important is what's going to be most important to us. That's a decision that we make. Whether you know it or not, every day you're making a decision about what's most important in life, what life is supposed to be about, and how you're going to pursue that or not. There are lots of pursuits, success, happiness, wealth, influence, the list goes on. What he's saying here is we decide as of first importance that Jesus' death and resurrection, his self-sacrifice, is the lens through which we should see all of life. And we need a fresh start and a reminder of that all the time. Jesus can define for you what's most important. Secondly, a fresh start changes the way we look at other people and we look at ourselves. The way Eugene puts it here is, he, the, Jesus' death and resurrection changed the way that we looked at other people. We're no longer defining our opinion of other people by what they have or how they look. When I read that in that version this week, I thought, wow, that could have easily been written in 2019. That's not one of those texts that's like, oh, a long time ago. They were way concerned about what people have and how they look. And we're way past that now, right? No way. We're totally consumed with what people have and how they look. Almost every day, that's what we're doing. What do these people have and how do they look? And so he says, the death and resurrection of faith in Jesus Christ, a decide to define your life by what Jesus has done for you, means you can't look at a person and decide their value by how they look and what they have. And that ought to be really freeing for us. That we're not going to be judged just by our appearance or by our possessions, but by who we are, the content of our character and our relationship with God. What's in our hearts matters way more to God than what we look like on the outside. Social science suggests, I know some of you have seen this, that we're all depressed uh, by perusing Facebook, Because on average, most of us post things on Facebook that are great. We went on vacation, we got a new job, our kids are amazing, we bought a new thing, whatever, right? And if you spend a half an hour on that, and you're comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing, you start to feel pretty terrible. There's actual data that says you will feel more terrible by spending time looking at what other people are doing on Facebook than when you started. We cannot live our lives in comparison with other people, especially not in what they have or what they're doing or where they're going or what they've accomplished. It doesn't bring the life that God has in mind for us. Instead, we need to look at every person, including ourselves, as people created in God's image. What if when you were driving to work or biking to work or walking to work and someone cut you off, your first instinct was, man, I can't believe that person was created in God's image. That's amazing. God is incredible. Jesus died for that person. That's incredible to me. What if your instincts were to see people through the lens that God looks at them as opposed to the knee-jerk reactions that we have built into us to judge them by how they look or what they have or what job they hold? Third point about how a fresh start uh, helps us to receive God's grace. It is a fresh start recognizes that God offers us unconditional forgiveness for sins and a right relationship with God. The beginning of these restarts always for the, for the Israelites began with a humble recognition that I've sinned. And I have two categories of sins I want you to think about this morning. The first one is mistakes that I've made against God that were unintentional. Sometimes I, I screw up and I didn't even know I was screwing up. But looking back on it, I'm like, oh man, shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that. That wasn't really representing God well in that situation. And then there's other times where I know I'm about to do something that God doesn't want me to do, and I did it anyway. And in some of the Psalms, David says, keep me from willful sins. Things that I've sort of predetermined to do that I know are not what God wants me to do. I'd encourage you, as part of your restart in receiving God's grace, to go through both of those categories and say, are there things in 2018 that I did unintentionally that I need forgiveness for? Are there things in 2018 that I did willfully that I need forgiveness for? Just speak them out loud when you're by yourself or where you're with someone who you really trust. Just speak them out loud some point this week and say, God, please forgive me. I'm telling you, there's incredible spiritual power in saying something out loud that you know you wish you hadn't done in the previous year and asking God to forgive you. Tremendous spiritual freedom can come from asking God to forgive you. Don't just think about asking God to forgive you. Actually ask God for God's forgiveness and love and mercy. He promises it to us. And finally, a fresh start refocuses our energy on telling other people what God is up to. There's a whole section in this text I don't have time to spend a a lot of energy on where it says, in light of our forgiveness, in light of our fresh start, let's refocus our energy on, on helping other people see what God is up to, what God is doing. Every day we have the chance to not only be part of something that God cares about, but to tell other people that we are part of something that God cares about. So a fresh start should encourage us to live our lives differently, not because that's how we earn God's grace or God's mercy, but because we have received God's grace or God's mercy. So let me just talk real tangibly here in the last couple of minutes I have. I started just making categories and I didn't, I didn't hit all the ones I probably should have hit. Thinking about in what area of your life do you need a fresh start? And specifically, what would it look like to receive God's grace as the first step of taking, uh, of taking a restart in that particular area. So I'll just go through a few. First one is, think about your own personal connection to God. You're here this morning, which means you value personally connecting with God. But maybe you went through a year in 2018 where if you were honest, you say, man, I had very few meaningful conversations with God. I had very few times where I read my Bible and I actually felt like I was connecting with God. I had very few experiences where I went to worship and I really felt like I was in God's presence. I want to say to you this morning, if that was the case for you, you're not alone. There are lots of other people who have that same experience. What would it look like to have a fresh start in trying to have honest conversations with with God about how you're doing, what's going on in your life, what questions you have, what you're hoping for? Stephanie's going to talk some more about those rhythms next Sunday. Maybe there's some significant relationships in your life What would it look like to receive God's grace and enter into those relationships that maybe aren't going the way that you want them to go? What would a fresh start look like from the perspective of me receiving God's grace, offering God's grace to the person I'm in relationship with, and trying to connect with them in a a new way? Uh, What would that be like? Maybe in your work life, if you're going to work later today, you're going to work tomorrow, what would it look like to walk into work with a grace-based perspective to say, I want to be an agent of God's grace in the lives of the people I work with. I want to forgive people who made me mad in 2018. I want to be forgiven by coworkers that I made mad in 2018. I want to live in a workplace that's full of God's peace. What would it be like to ask God for that and to step into that even this week? Maybe in the area of finances, and I saw a bunch of you signed up for the class that's going to start next Sunday morning. Uh, on living generously and starting to organize our lives financially. That's awesome. There's still time to sign up for it. If you haven't yet, please do. Um, What would it look like to have a fresh start based on God's grace to you in the area of finances? We have seen so many people in our congregation have the courage to just start having financial conversations about their own situation, find freedom and God's grace and a whole new ability to engage their personal financial situation in ways that brings light and health and happiness and that they've never experienced before. And for some of you, that's that's a hard conversation to have, but what would a restart be like? I thought many times this week about how many restarts I wanted from a parent perspective. Like, because the kids are off, we're on day 15 of vacation or something. Like, I think I wanted a restart every hour on the hour a couple days ago. Because I'm just like this is not I, I want to I want to parent my kids in a way that always shows them that I love them and that I'm not frustrated with them as the knee-jerk response, and that I want them to know who it is that God wants them to be and help build their character. And I don't always do that well. And so I want to enter 2019 giving myself grace, offering my kids grace, and stepping into those spaces differently. Two more, and you can come up with your own areas too. I think that for some of us, we're going to need a restart uh, in the area of our attitude towards politics. I've had many of you tell me that the last couple years of political engagement in the United States of America has been very hard on you and hard on other people, that it's been draining, that it's been exhausting, that people just don't even want to engage anymore. What would it be like if in 2019, at least for for us, for our community, if we said a grace-based approach to political conversations might look different than some of the ones we had previously? What would it be like to be a genuine listener to someone else, to extend to them, I can't believe these people are created in the image of God and they're, fill in the Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or whatever label you want. But what would it be like if the church could lead in grace-based conversations about politics in 2019. I know that might sound ridiculous, but I think it's possible. And finally, uh, what about engaging in technology and screens? Uh, However many of you are iPhone users, we joke about this when we're setting up on Sunday morning, because at 9 o'clock, we all get the little buzz that tells us how much screen time we had in the previous week. Now, what a nice feature that they send it right on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. I don't know if that was intentional. I'm sure it was. We get these little notices what would it be like to have a fresh start with technology what would it be like to say here's what I really want what's a grace-based perspective towards using this the way it's supposed to be using and not letting it dominate my life maybe that's an area that you want to focus on whatever area of your life that's needing a restart begin by receiving God's grace as we take communion this morning um, I want to just read to you this very short section that's in the Mill City membership covenant that the covenant members agree to when you, when you decide to become a covenant member at Mill City. It's called, uh, the first practice that we name in that covenant is called receiving God's grace. And it says, we want to be careful to base everything we do out of an experience of God's grace. Our commitment as covenant members is to regularly receive God's grace through confession, extending and receiving forgiveness, reflecting on our identity in Christ, and uniquely in the practice of receiving communion as an act of worship. And for some time now, we've been in the habit of offering communion every single Sunday. We used to do it only once a month, and then we learned this is really a cornerstone of our every week worship practice because every week we need a fresh start when we come to the communion table. That you could take a moment here as the song begins and say, these are the things I need God's forgiveness for. These are the people I need to forgive or be forgiven by. Uh, This is what I need from God in my life this week. And then you can walk forward here and take a piece of gluten-free bread and dip it in the juice and get a fresh start every single week because of what Jesus has accomplished for you on the cross and through his resurrection and his life and his teaching and his presence at the right hand of God even right now praying for you. So when you come forward for communion today, you don't have to be a member of Mill City Church, you just have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Come forward and take that bread and dip it in the juice and say to God, thank you for the fresh start. There'll be people along the walls to pray for you, that's our regular practice. If you want to stop and say, here's something I'm hoping for in 2019, here's a place where I need a fresh start in my relationship with God or some other area of my, of our, my life, please do that. That's what they're there for. Let me pray for the communion before you come forward. Jesus, we all need a fresh start. You designed us, God, to always be able to look to you for another chance. We can't control the things that have happened in the past anymore, God. We ask for your healing and forgiveness and mercy over those things, and we ask, God, for your end, your vision for our lives. Help us right now, God, to decide to focus our lives on what you've done, Jesus, to receive your unconditional love and grace and let that define us above everything else. Send us into the world that you love as agents of your grace and your mercy in every area of our lives. Don't let anything else define who we are, God. Free us, God, from the ways in which we have felt defined by any of our successes or failures or possessions or appearances, that is not from you, Holy Spirit. You see us as a uniquely created son or daughter of the Most High King, someone who you loved enough to craft each one of us uniquely. You know us intimately. You know all of our fears and all of our hopes, all of our challenges, addictions, God. You love us anyway. Nothing can outgive your grace to us so whether we feel very far from you or very near god we come before you this morning and we accept what you've done for us we receive the gift of your grace in our lives and we ask that you help us to make a fresh start in 2019 to join the work that you are doing to see your kingdom come and your will be done in our life in jesus name we pray amen